Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode number 453. You're going to learn a lot from this, but three things in particular. One is the value of picking a niche and more importantly, how you really brand yourself in that. The second is the three legs of scaling a cloud consulting business. And uh, if you don't have all three of them, you're going to learn lots. And the last one is what marketing activities to actually work on, so what works, but also how do you resource those internally. If you're a first-time listener, please subscribe. It's for cloud consultants. And if you're consulting and deploying a SaaS platform, you've definitely got the right place. And if you're a regular listener, why don't you give me a shout out? Like it's lonely as a podcast. You don't always hear from from people. So please uh, just uh, email me at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. There'll be a summary in the app. Also, you get a full transcript at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And before we go into the interview with Barry, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first is a Cloud Consultants Collective. It's where peers go and talk about business. Uh, it's fantastic. It's free. It's on Slack. You can go to cloudconsultantscollective.com to join. And SendSpark, it's a great video platform. And what I love is where you can have a core video that you give to everyone, but you can have a video at the start that's personalized. Uh, it works wonderfully. You can get six months free at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash send spark. Our guest today is a leader in high-tech consulting, staffing, services, and solutions who understands how to motivate multiple sales teams and develop rewarding client relationships. In the last 10 years, he has grown a Microsoft Gold business by 600% and has plans to go to 1,600% in 13 years, and he shares those with us. He has a direct team of 30 employees, but he also has 30 consultants, lives in Canada, has been in Ottawa for 36 years, and that's his, you know, the same time that he spent in the industry, but he certainly doesn't look that, as you'll see yeah, in the interview, and he is the fastest 62-year-old in a swimming pool. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Barry Duchette. Fantastic to have you here, Barry. Thank you very much, Paul. So uh, I'm very excited about, uh, well, the first thing is you got a fantastic LinkedIn profile. And the thing that jumped out at me is 600% increase in 10 years, right? So we're going to dive into that. But uh, why don't we kick off with who your ideal client is and what problems you love to solve for them? Uh, Our ideal client is Canadian federal government, and I would say also large enterprise Right now, it has been public sector and mainly the Canadian federal government. We're in Ottawa, which is the nation's capital. So that's our ideal client right now, uh, particularly around information management. What we solve for our client is information management in Microsoft's M365 platform. Uh, Our background over the years was mainly a SharePoint and SharePoint experts. And so we've taken that expertise and moved it to M365. And we've been helping the federal government because, uh, because you know, they are actually developing documents in M365. Let's management those documents or let's manage those documents in M365. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And, um, you know, how long have you been vertical focused, i.e. The, the government? Well, we've been probably about 10 years. I, I actually bought the company 10 and a half years ago. 
Uh, we definitely had public sector, both, uh, let's say, provincial, like uh, Ontario. We had some municipalities and some uh, government, uh, federal. But in the last, I'd say, really nine years out of those 10 years, been really focused on the federal government. Yeah. And and when, you know, I'm assuming, you know, w- was the business a bit like a, a renovator's delight that you sort of, you know, bought the house but you knew that there was plenty of upside. Is you know, tell us a little bit about the the reason you bought it. Yeah, that's a great that's a great way to put it. A renovator's house. Uh, yes, um, I, I I knew the four original founders um, and uh, came in to coach them a little bit uh, strategically and realized they had some some issues. And then uh, initially bought fifty one percent of the company, and about three years later bought uh, the other forty nine percent of the company. So one hundred percent. And you could see it. There is, it wasn't being managed well, very well. I tell a funny story. I was on a on a train and I showed the financials to a, I think it was a third year business student, and she said, she said it's a management issue. And it really made me smile. Um, so that that's the way I felt about it too. Uh, it seemed like there was a level of excitement. It seemed like there was something there. We just had to figure out how to make it and, and grow forward with it. With yeah, the right. And and how much of the original team is still here? And none of the original team. There was four founders. I bought two out when I bought 51%, and I bought the other two founders out when I bought the 49th percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have, as, as I mentioned, I do have one employee who's been with me three months after I bought the company. So he's been with me for 10 and a half years now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Brilliant. And now you, you know, 600% increase, right? It's, uh, it's yeah. phenomenal. Um, and I was, well, and, you know, targeting that vertical, but just tell us a little bit about the go-to-market strategies led to this, this fantastic increase. We did, we did two things smartly. Of course, you're always looking for reoccurring revenue and how do you make that occur for you? Uh, the federal government, when you do consulting, you can get large consulting contracts. That's a piece of it. And we were doing that, uh, about six years ago, we sat down with a leadership team and made a strategic decision to really focus on um, some third-party software that we had. Uh, at the time, we were probably doing about $200,000 a year, but it's re- repeatable. Uh, so we said, let's focus on software. We did that. We're, we're doing anywhere between 6 and $8 million of that revenue now. So we grew that significantly over the, the last six years. We also then uh, really got focused on the information management side with the Canadian federal government, particularly when they moved to M365. And we were already in that space and doing some really smart things. And when it, you know, when COVID hit, uh, the government was going down M365. Now everybody's working from home. They absolutely had to do M365. So we were positioned at the right time. And we'd been working it for a couple of years, definitely. That's great. And what were the third-party softwares that you... Um, there's there's some great third-party software, and I call this around the ecosystem of of, of Microsoft. Uh, there's an email management tool called Harmony out of Israel. Uh, we've got a uh, digital adoption platform called WalkMe. They just went public recently. We have a governance and backup tool around M365 called Avpoint. They went public recently. Yeah. And we have a great workflow tool, uh, I think out of Australia, called Nitex, yeah. which was yeah. built on top of SharePoint. And uh, so we've done extremely well working with those four. And we have a few others. 
And, um, and but those those have been the four that really propel us forward. And when we do information management, we bring those four tools to the table with our client and decide whether it fits or does not fit the client. Yeah, that's beautiful. I call it the chocolate wheel where the client sits in the middle. And they've just right. got this, you know, you're serving all these different uh, products to them. Right. So uh, it's a brilliant model. And you talked about recurring revenue, right? So tell yeah. us about what, what are the parts that are recurring revenue in your business? Well, both both uh, software and consulting are pretty well reoccurring revenue. Now, uh, you know, the this definitely the software. It's renewed every year, pretty well SaaS model, um, and and that's been fantastic for us. And then the implementation of the software, but now the large IM projects in M three sixty five, they are you know anywhere between let's say two to ten million dollars uh, projects, and you're probably doing a million to maybe 2 million a year on those projects. So they are renewal every year. As long as you're doing the job, full on project plan and full on developing for the client, implementing for the client and bringing intellectual property to them, it really works that way. Yeah. And, um, you know, you might be hearing Barry and saying, this is fantastic, but I've always thought government is long lead cycles, long sales cycles, it's tenders, it's painful, right? What's your experience being with the government? Yeah, it's 100% uh, long cycles. I won't say painful. <laughs> there are clients. They're, uh, you know, they're, they really know what they want and you need to really help them. And also uh, maybe not everything. They, they know what they need, maybe not exactly how, you, how they do it. So your, our job is to help them realize we're the experts. I like to say to everybody, we have deep domain knowledge in information management. We know how to implement this for you. Um, you know, like anything else, you need to really differentiate yourself. And we've done an extremely good job of that. Of the last five or six contracts that have come out, uh, there's been one bidder, and, and that's Orangutech, because uh, they are very difficult RFPs. You must have done the following. And some of it also is, intellectual property we do have our own artificial intelligence product called tag ai so you must have done that as well and implemented that for the clients we have it in in uh, production for one client and probably will implement it for three or four more in the next year yeah great and and is that you know if you look at the perfect model that i always talk about it's you know you yes you've got you can Solding, which you know you you turn into recurring revenue, which is great. Then you've got your your software licenses, that's brilliant. And then the other opportunity is creating your own Absolutely. SaaS products yeah. or your own products on top of right. So the third wheel, and you know, I heard one of your speakers talk about you know he call it the three stools. First of all, you have a yeah. process. Secondly, you have such an advance on anybody that you know it's going to be really hard for anybody to reach what you're doing, which I fully believe no one will do what we've done. And thirdly, you have technology to back it up, and that's our own IP. So we're doing all three of them, and I've been pretty excited about that. Yeah, brilliant. And, and any tips uh, you've got? Because I know some people say, you know, like when you're developing your own, it's like, you know, you, you need to carve out the team so that they're not caught up in the day-to-day business. Like there's some, you know, management and structural ways to get your the software development right. What's been your experience? Uh, it's challenging. We've, we've thrown this around for a long time. Do we do it, not do it? Our CTO came off contract and really focused for about nine months on developing the product. We just hired extremely senior and smart uh, product manager, literally signed the contract probably two days ago, and he will bring a team in. He'll start bringing a team in. You're absolutely right. I've seen it before where that software can get really exciting for everybody and the company maybe loses um, a momentum. 
And we're not allowing that to happen, right? We've got this team that are over there. <laughs> they will develop. They will market to our clients, but everyone else stays focused on the task. I really fully believe our team will, will do that. So I know that, you know, the government funding, we have a, a particular way in which you can fund your company or your software development. They would want you to split that out and make it a different company. They don't think an, um, a consulting company can do that. I think we can. Yes. And I'll be arguing with them in the next month saying, no, we will. And we have, and this is what we're doing. So we'll definitely continue going forward that way. Brilliant. And and with the government, uh, with the you know longer sales cycles, right. do you find that there's a lot of churn, like i.e. there's a lot of internal promotion and you're dealing with different people all the time, or is it more uh, con- absolutely. consistent? Absolutely. Um, at, at all levels. Um, yep. One of our key CIOs just told us he's leaving January, just found out this morning. And that happens. Uh, and and so what we've done is we've gone out and made sure we have a great name in the in, in the marketplace, a great brand, and we've got on certain things. One of the things when I was talking about, you're gonna love this one. Uh, about five years ago, we started something called the GOC, Government of Canada, yeah. M365 Council. At the time, it was called O365. We do a monthly. We have a department come on board monthly now, and they tell their M365 journey to all the other departments, Canadian federal government. That's been absolutely fantastic. Our name's out there. We never, I wouldn't say never, we literally put one slide up. I bet I went two and a half years before I said, hey, should I tell you guys who Orangutek is? <laughs> right? And now we put up one slide and, and we do an intro. The intro is five minutes, one slide in that five minutes. Most of it is introducing the, our um our, our client who's presenting or the department that's presenting. That was fantastic for us. So, you know, you're trying to build those long-term relationships. Yeah. Also, I belong to an or- personally belong to an organization called DPI and I'm on the external advisory committee and they have all the CIOs four times a year together with that, with us. And so I've built the long-term as an organization uh, and where we focus on those relationships. It's tough, what- as you said, they do change, yes. but when, when you have a good reputation, you know, the people leaving will introduce you to the people who are staying and vice versa. So it Spot on. And, and what was that acronym again? DPI. Uh, used to be called, it's a 60-year-old organization. And it used to be called Data Processing Institute 60 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's professional. Uh, they have a professional development week once a year. It's phenomenal. And uh, for three days, and they bring in great speakers. And, um, and they bring in... Now upwards of because now it's hybrid upwards of forty five hundred IT professionals in the Canadian government, and we're there. Yeah, brilliant. And you know, you you um well, you and I had a discussion before we went live around the great work you've been doing on LinkedIn, right? And you talk about yeah. this brand, right? You you yeah. you know you've got this great brand. Tell us, yeah. you know, some of the secrets of what you've been doing on LinkedIn and how you're building this brand. We um. I've done a lot of it originally sort of being the marketing guy. I know uh, one of my, the gentleman during the 10 and a half years, he said recently, I did the, he did the marketing. So now we have a full on uh, director of marketing and partnerships. And he's also has a uh, marketing uh, lead working with them. And he's actually now hiring a marketing coordinator. So we're an organization of 30 employees and we have about three dedicated marketing. But I always took uh, LinkedIn very seriously. I, I tried to mention this to a young guy one time. He said, I never got business off of LinkedIn. I'm not sure it's always about driving business. It's about having a brand and having people know who you are. I I mentioned that uh, one of the competitors or a large Microsoft Dynamics partner partner was recently sold to a big 
uh, organization, I called one of the leads there and his first comment to me was, congratulations, Barry, on having the largest uh, prominent Microsoft partner in Ottawa. And I'm like, how do you know that? Because I'm not talking to him and I'm certain it's the, the LinkedIn profile that we have. So we certainly have a, 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 an orangutan LinkedIn profile. And then I uh, post things. Uh, a, lot of our, a lot of my employees post things. We're even a lot more active now where we're definitely putting two or three posts out a, a week. You know what? I once took this picture of buildings and, you know, here I'm standing with some clients. You do want the client picture in and, you know, here's the street of Ottawa. And someone said to me, and this is a great key, and I'm sure you would agree, need to put people in those pictures. <laughs> so I could have taken a picture of my employee with me. With me. Uh, that, and so I did a lot of that, you know, where you're showing employee fun. Maybe you're out with clients and if they're okay getting a picture taken, you're on a client site, do things that are fun and people will follow you and, and like what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And, you know, what, what I love about LinkedIn is it's what people say about you when you're not in the room, right? And that's yeah. where you, you don't know the conversations. Like so many times, you know, I've had people three, four months, you know, I've been following you for three or four months on LinkedIn. I love your content. I've been listening to your podcasts, et cetera. I'm blissfully unaware of it. But the only way that you can get that benefit is by doing it, right? And that consistency, you know, like you said, posting three to, you know, we, we post three times a week. Um, you know, we know how to get the algorithm working, you know, like some of my clients are getting, you know, quarter of a million uh, impressions a post. So, you know, you just think of that knock on effect that it's that yeah. it's having. So uh, and I think the other thing that really helps, which you've nailed is actually standing for someone, right? Be a vertical, you know, like when yeah. someone comes to your profile, and when someone looks at your post, they know exactly who you help. Right. And there's unfortunately, I don't know, you know, you listen to Barry and I and you're just starting out on LinkedIn. It's like, but I've got to be to everybody, right? Because there's always an opportunity. No, the tighter you are, the further it, it goes, right? It's a bit like throwing a rock over a pond, right? You try to throw a rock, how far can you skim that? Whereas if you got that, you know, that nice little rounded flat rock and you throw it, it can go so much further. And I think that's a that's a key. And and around uh, do you do any outreach or or anything uh, other than posting on LinkedIn? In what way outreach? Well, we do, the, as I mentioned, that Government of Canada M365 Council. That's been fantastic. Uh, we've been part of what's called Public Sector Network. We're doing that once a quarter now. So we will uh, sponsor it with one of our partners. We'll have a speaker online, uh, but it's pretty well a, I think a four hour session once a quarter, we, we get maybe 15 minutes in there, but we're a sponsor. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, we're doing, we're doing definitely uh, outreach to community as well. Uh, one of the things that uh, the army has been doing in, in Canada, in Ottawa is having an army run and that gets 5,000 people out. It's, it's based on the Marine run down South, but it's been 15, 20 years old. We just sponsored that for the first time. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of fun things like that trying to be involved with our community. We have, we have a saying, invest in our clients, invest in our employees, invest in our community. Those are our three pillars. And we've been doing a good job of that and growing it as we go forward. Lots of outreach. Uh, there's a SharePoint Saturday now called M365 Saturday, which was held on a Friday <laughs> recently. For 10 years, Orangutech's been the only company that's been a premier sponsor for those 10 years. There's been other premier sponsors. We've been the only sponsor for 10 years, premier sponsor, right? So you, you sort of, as you said, pick a niche, stay there, know that you're growing it, know that you can see it's growing. If, yeah. if you need to change, change. 
Yeah, I yeah. Try to stick to something and give it time for sure. Spot on. I think it's you know that's that terrible saying of land and expand, right? To use the army analogy, but it's yeah. like you know, yeah. Once once you do it, it's like you know myself. Like I only really started, you know, specifically for cloud consultants at the start of you know two thousand and and twenty two, and already yes, people you know, come to me because they know I've heard that you're the guy that just does cloud consultants, right? So I could have picked any consultants in the world, but very specific. It helps that I loved it and it helps that I built and scaled a business in it. But uh, yeah, I, I think you, you're doing, you know, and that's why you're getting your 600% growth, right? You're doing all the right things. Now, as far as Microsoft, I know there's been a couple of changes lately to their to their partner program, et cetera, you know, what are they, how have they impacted you or have they impacted you at all? No, we haven't felt they've impacted us at all. They've, uh, they've given it, you know, sort of a year grace on what's called the gold certified, but whatever level, so that does help us just get prepared for whatever level they need us to be at. And we'll be at that level when it's time, when it's, when it's, yeah. 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 And, and do you get any leads at all from Microsoft? Yeah, we do. We've done a smart. We've done some smart things. We don't sell Microsoft products. I, I rarely get paid for selling. No, never been paid for selling a Microsoft product. But they've been really smart in in uh, putting proper funding in place for us when we're doing things to help them and their clients move forward. Yes. So there's there's significant uh, money there that can be that, and we're starting to tap into that. Yeah. And um, certainly, when they can see their clients continue to use. M365 and grow up and grow up that 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 path for for Microsoft. We allow the clients to do that, and it helps Microsoft and help our clients for sure. Yeah, great, great. And their, their co-marketing activities. Sorry, their co-marketing activities. Yeah, in some ways, yes, absolutely. And they've yeah. been they've been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So uh, I know you're very excited because you've you know hired or put in place a GM role, right? So you can work more on the business than in the business. So uh, how long did it take to make that decision? And, and what, what have been some of your learnings so far from doing that? You know, it didn't take long. Um, it, it, I intended to do it this May and I moved it, you know, so I moved it to 13 months earlier. I think I, I mentioned to you, I got a little bit of trouble from from COVID. I, I you know, I think the stress of thinking you have to maybe let people go. All our clients who said they'd buy from us, bought from us. We've actually tripled in size, so we didn't have to let anybody go. But I think that stress and also, you know, eight and a half years of really no one ever sees the blood, sweat and tears. And, and yes. you know it and, and you yes. work hard at it. And yes. I'm a very driven person. So, you know, I realized that um, I need to make a decision earlier. Uh, I had already been talking to the I mentioned a gentleman, my general manager now, who is uh, now 10 and a half years with us. So I looked at him and said, are you ready to go? Because <laughs> it's now. And so we jumped at it last April. It's been fantastic. You know, when I look at things we, we try to accomplish, uh, two things was having a full-on decision-making management team. And he has that now. We have, you know, four leaders direct, uh, directly responding to him or, or reporting to him. Yes. Uh, if we include our CTO, there'd be five as well. Um, and then, so he does have five reporting to him, but four that, that are the leaders working with him, leading the company. Um, and I'm, in some ways, you know, the CEO, almost chairperson. Uh, which is great. And I, I really do get to think about strategy versus uh, tactics. I always say my job is to say, what about this? And their job is to say, we're not concerned about that or we are. And if you are, thank you for pointing that out, Barry. <laughs> this is what we're going to do about it. Thank you for pointing about that, Barry. This is what we're not going to do about it because it's not an issue. And yes. that's worked out really well for us, really well. Yeah, brilliant. And what a 
what are some of the new directions you're, you're focusing on at the moment? This time you've got back, you know, what, what are some of the really big strategic plays you're thinking of making? Um, certainly continue to focus on, as I mentioned, the great, great, great example is, you know, I've been saying for some time, team, we've got intellectual property. First of all, in process. So who's documenting that process? So I've got a team doing that. Secondly, we've got a product. What are we doing about that? So, you know, um, a good friend of mine reached out. As I mentioned, he's a genius in, in software development. Very, do you have a project I can handle for you? Yes. So we've hired him on contract as of literally this week to focus on that product for us. So I can look up and say, I've got time to tackle this and this is what we need to do. And then who does he directly report to? Do he directly report to me or somebody on the team? Those kind of things. So you can really think that way. I think as well, um, continue to talk high level to our high level clients. Yes. Uh, was able to hire, hire a fantastic VP of sales uh, four and five months ago. We've doubled the sales team since he came on board. And he's got a, a list of our CEOs that we want to go talk to. And him and I are doing that together. And we're trying to go up that chain, you know, uh, as well to you know the CFOs or sometimes CEOs in federal government or what we would call a deputy ministers or assistant deputy ministers. So moving up so that they know what we're doing for them and they know what we're doing for their clients, particularly their end users. So those are things that we've done. I've always done that, but now I can do it more effectively. Yeah, and look, um, you know, I, I come from the Coca-Cola system, and and yeah. I must admit, one thing they did brilliantly well was called top to top meetings right where we'd get the, the most senior people in our company most senior people in the customer and like you know have a, a planning day for the next you know five years or something and you know it was amazing what came out of those days when we got out of the day-to-day business right so uh yeah i think it's so important to to do that and you no know, no doubt that's going to su- sustain your uh your growth moving forward. And do you think, you know, from a time perspective, are you spending is the same amount of time in the business as what you did and just think, allocating it differently or are you spending less time? I'd say less time uh, and definitely differently. Um, so, you know, Paul, I took today to really think about this program with you. I, I dialed in and listened to one of your podcasts where I listened to before. I read some of the stuff online. I canceled a meeting or two. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to take probably, I'm going to look at a day a week and do the same. I had some great books here, you know, Thinking Grow Rich, which I'm on third or fourth reading, you know, um, and some other fantastic books you want to read, strategy, and, and just to get your head out of the out of the game, because those thoughts do come to you smartly, the ones that you need to go go forward. I can't remember who said it, Gates or or uh, Jobs um, said something about. Success, you don't really see the steps, maybe Bezos, you don't see the steps while you're doing them. You see them in hindsight. You know, we can see see smartly that we said six years ago, let's go after software. Uh, I could say a year ago, and we were doing information management, you know, forever. But but now it's coming into complete focus because you can say, hey, I can tell you about this customer, this customer, this customer, and those experiences are going to help you. And we're going to do it differently for you. We have all the knowledge of how to do it and how not to do it for you, right? Yeah, so I, think that, I think that's brilliant because, look, um, I once went to a, you know, a, uh, I can't remember which, um, but it was either Stanford or Harvard or whatever. It was a, it was a guy 
uh, came out to Australia. Um, they worked for the co company globally. And he said you should spend at least a day a week on the business, right? Which is out of it. And and I must admit, my best thoughts come from when I'm driving to the golf course, right? Yes. I, I've I've finally learned a way that I can uh, leave a, a note with Siri uh, so that you know I don't have to touch anything when I'm driving. But I just constantly are thinking about things when I'm out of the so-called right. office, right? So I think it's yeah so important to do that and. And and having that safe pair of hands, right? You got that GM that you know you know is going to cover most of the stuff, and the stuff that they really can't do, then they'll come to you, right? So yeah. I, I think it's, it's really, a, you know, I, I, I they put a little different commission plan together. We just hired somebody to do something different, and yes. they sent it to me. I said, okay, I don't understand that. Let's talk this morning. Now I can tell you, I, you know, you look at it. I just explained it to me, and I'm questioning, questioning his thought and their thoughts were were right on. I said, okay, yeah. I get it. Thank you. Yeah. So Barry, this yeah. is not personal. This is business. And I was like, fantastic. You're saying everything I want you to say. So it was yeah. really good. Definitely. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. All right. Well, look, we could talk forever, but let's go yeah. into the rapid fire now. So sure. uh, you got four questions and you got uh, less than four minutes to answer them. So the first one is, uh, what are some of the daily sales habits that you do to help to accelerate the business. I would encourage anybody to make sure on a daily basis you're attempting to reach out to a client. We we actually have a with all our sales team, they have a, a number of face-to-face meetings they must have a week. Now, of course, now that really means uh, a video often, but yes. back in the day, we made sure they knocked on the door, they got in front of a client. Now we have long-term clients, Paul. It doesn't have to be 15, you know, like like I get that. But we had a rule of you must be in front of five clients a week. That's not excessive, right? Um, and and the team does it. Now I'm looking, I see their calls are, you know, averaging eight to 10 calls a week. Obviously much more video, but that, and, and it's like, you know, we make sure that happens. So that I absolutely yeah. encourage, make sure you're doing your face-to-face calls. Brilliant. And on the topic of sales, you know, how do you find out more about sales? How, how do you keep on the on the pulse of, of what's new and, and what you should uh, implementing your business. Ne- never stop reading about it. I can tell you that um, I-, I was one of the fortunate ones coming right out of university. I literally went on a 20-week sales training program for, I'm going to date myself, a company called Honeywell Information Systems. <laughs> but you got to laugh at yourself that, first of all, 20-week sales training program. So I certainly feel fortunate about it, but always looking to sharp- sharpen the saw and always reading how can we do better um, we've done some amazing things. Again, the new VP of sales brings in some great ideas. One of the things he did recently was uh, put some money up for a number of calls by partner by week. And um, each partner, interesting one, you'll love this one. Each partner has their own week. And if you do something for that partner, you get double points. And at the end of the month, there's $1,000 for the number one person. We call it the leaderboards. Yeah. Our funnel is fuller. He's yeah. certainly driving the sales and the sales team is bought into it. You could hear it. Uh, so it's fantastic to see those kind of things. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant example of some gamification. And then the next one is, you know, if we could grant you one wish today, you know, for the business, uh, what would it be? I love oh, that's a great question. We're a fast growth company. Uh, we expect uh, from uh, end of last fiscal year to uh, eighteen months from now, so in two years, that we will double in sales. So I would love to say <laughs> growth. Yeah. <laughs> But I want to be careful what, what I ask for. We're certainly growing. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, when I say we've done 600% growth in, in 10 years, we expect, and I did the number before I got in, that we will have grown 1,600% in, in 13 years. So 
that's uh, you know two and a half years from now. So growth, uh, and and the key there is ensuring that we manage that growth for our for our clients, and I expect that to happen. Thank yeah, you. brilliant. And the last question is, you know, what what do you know now that you wish you had have known earlier going through this ten uh, year journey? That's a great that's a great question. I, I think. Um, the biggest challenge for 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 any CEO and any VP of sales and salesperson, it's patience, yeah. and it's really about doing the right things. I remember, and this is not with this company, but years ago, being VP of sales, and a young lady came in and said, "Barry, I'm not getting my sales. What's you know?" And she's a huge performer; she always has been. And I said, "Let's review. Are you taking the right actions? So you know, your view. You're making the right calls. You're in front of the right clients. It's just not here at the moment." But if I and you can see that you're doing the right things, it's going to come. So that's that's patience. Patience is one thing that I I encourage. Take the action. Know you're taking the action, and the right things will come. Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, you can find out more about Barry Duchette at. Uh, uh, so I'll, I'll pronounce it so you've got it right. So it's o r a n g u tech dot com. So. Uh, it, it'll be in the show notes, et cetera. And also check out his LinkedIn, right? He's got some fantastic uh, posts there. And uh, say hello to him as well. Say that you heard him here on the Accelerate Sales podcast. He'll get a kick out of that. So, uh, Barry, it's been an absolute pleasure. Can't wait to see. Maybe we'll have you on to see if you get to that 13 or 1,600% increase over 13 years. But uh, you're doing that. doing all the, the right things. And it's, yeah, it's just great to, to you know, you to share your experience with us today. Well, Paul, absolutely love your podcast. Thank you very much. Accelerate Sales Paul podcast with Paul Higgins. Fantastic, Paul. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Barry as much as I did. He was fantastic. And I love the three stools to revenue growth that he talked about, how to really brand yourself within a niche, and also that value of being patient when you do pick a niche. Uh, you know, what you enjoyed, what you learned, share on LinkedIn. Give uh, Barry a shout out. He'd love that. And also, you can get the full transcript at paulhigginsmentoring.com, uh, episode 453. And also, uh, why not share it with others, right? So you've got other peers that you know would get a lot of value from this. They'll think you're a rock star by sharing it. They might also share something of value back to you. So uh, please do that. Check out our solo shows. Uh, and if you're looking at scaling your business and you're thinking, I'm just not quite sure I've got all the elements in place. Well, I've created an ebook that shows you all those elements. It's uh, free and you can download it at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint. And as always, please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.